This is the Bible teaching from the Apostolic Church, All Nations Centre in Kennington, London. Reaching the community in practical and caring ways. Here now is a timeless Word of God. Praise the Lord and welcome to the Word of God. Um, it's always a pleasure and it's always uh, a privilege to uh, share the Word of God uh, with God's people. And uh, my prayer is that you'll be blessed uh, this morning as we uh, continue with our theme. Shall we pray? Father, I uh, come before your presence along with your people to hear from you this morning. And I pray that uh, as I uh, open my mouth, O oh Lord, you put your words in my mouth, that your people, uh, O oh Lord, will be, um, will be transformed, O oh God. They will be challenged by this by this word, uh, by this theme, O oh Lord, uh, and that not only challenge, they will also be blessed, O oh Lord, that uh, we may do your will. We may be uh, transformational agents in the church in this century. Father, Lord, I pray that no one will be offended by the words uh, that you speak to them today, but rather, O oh God, um, look uh, and, and reflect to make change to the glory and to the praise of your holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome again. Um, it's always exciting uh, to come before the presence of the Lord, and I hope and pray that this will not just be uh, a, a head exercise, but to be an exercise uh, and a period and a time that we can reflect upon and we can thank God uh, for his goodness and uh, affect the lives of not just uh, ourselves and our families and our, and our church, but, but the nation and the world as, as a whole. So um, the overarching um, preaching theme uh, for the last few weeks has been recovering the heart of a true Christian ministry and service. And uh, by the whole help of the Holy Spirit, uh, the previous, uh, I think, three or four speakers have copied at least set the scene uh, uh, in terms of the objectives uh, are desired and desired outcome for this preaching theme for each and every one of us. So today, uh, I've been asked to consider the topic, making the church a home. I'll repeat that, making the church a home. And uh, I feel personally challenged to play my part, and I'm sure you would as, as well, to take ownership of this theme, to take ownership of uh, and responsibility to make this happen. The leaders cannot make this happen alone. The, 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 the pastor cannot make this happen alone. We all have to contribute into uh, transformation of our church as we return to the true hearts, to the heart of true Christian ministry and, and, and service. So today I'll be challenging us and I'll be asking a few questions, uh, not just to you, but to myself as well. And, uh, and, and the theme, as you will see running through this, is I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. And I hope you have, some, uh, 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 you have some writing material or maybe refer to it later on so that we can truly go back and reflect and see what we need to do. Um, I have just two objectives this morning to encourage us individually and collectively as a church to look from the outside in. Many times we're inside and we cannot see if the, the, the woods for the trees. But now I want us to look from the outside in and consider the attributes that will cause us to be at peace, to be happy, and to be spiritually fulfilled, being part of the All Nations Center. And if you're not a member of the All Nations Center, apply to your church. 
You know, you're a part of a body, of a gathering of people together who love the Lord. What can you as an individual bring to the table to make it a more pleasant experience? Spiritual, great, but it must also be pleasant. You must be happy. You must be excited. So having considered these challenges and these, uh, these um, um, uh, attributes, I want to challenge us to be determined. We use the word intentional. We have to be determined and intentional. And this is why it's important to make some notes, even if it's just one or two or three bullet points. It's very easy for everything to go into one air and go on to the other, and that's it. Thank you, Lord. Next service, please. You know, put down a couple of things that you think that you can do to make this happen to the glory of the name of Jesus. So let us be intentional, is my second objective, in being an instrument of change in the areas we're going to be considering. Remember, we're talking about recovering the heart of true Christian ministry and service. We need to be involved. So I would mention just a few salient points I've picked up from the previous speakers just to jog our memory. Over the last three weeks, there were some headlines which were definitely impressed on me, which I would like to share with us very, very quickly. You know, our sweetheart pastor in opening, he said, these messages in this theme are for everyone. They're for leaders, they're for followers. No one is exempt. And sometimes we unconsciously just exempt ourselves. And we, when we, the speaker starts, oh, okay, I'm good in that area. It's not for me. And then we switch off. Let me read for you from Psalm 139. Verses 23 and 24 says, Search my brother, O God, know his heart, try him and know his thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in him and lead him in the way of everlasting life. In the way everlasting. I know you may snigger, you may laugh, because that's not what it says. I've just made that up. But many times we're in that mode. It's all about the brother. It's all about the sister. Immediately we hear something, oh, I know that a brother that does that. How about you? You know, a certain ruler said in Luke 18, and uh, he goes, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That is a question we must be asking ourselves. As we go along in this um, uh, service and as we go along in the next few days, weeks and months and years, this is what we should be asking ourselves. What shall I do? It's not a one-off question. It's a continuous Question, that is what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do and to consider. You know, he also mentioned fleeing from the, from the spirit of Gehazi, where one is looking for reward. Pastor Obiodun came and he mentioned about recovery being, being, being something that begins with the heart. You know, what is the condition of your heart this morning? What shall I do? That's that question again, to renew the condition of my heart. Pastor Jubica challenged us not to stand on the sidelines. We're talking about making the church a home. We cannot stand on the sidelines. We have to get our hands dirty, as they say. We also heard that that, that, that that service is linked to our character, our person. What can I do? What can I stop doing? What must I stop doing? What should I change? By God's grace, we're coming back to a new and improved and a wonderful new house of God. And we're excited and we look forward to this return. But will it be a home for many who will venture through our doors? Will it be a home for those who have been away for so long and they're returning? Or is it going to be somewhere that they're going to say, I wish I hadn't come back? 
The answer to that depends on you and it depends on me. You know, the nicest of buildings with an awful stench can never be a welcoming home. You know, many years ago, I traveled uh, with, 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 my, with my wife and we went to a lovely, lovely venue, a lovely, lovely resort. Beautiful, very posh, if I may add. And we were there for, uh, you know, uh, we were supposed to be there for two weeks and a couple of days into, the, um, into our stay, you know, something smells started coming from the, from, the, from the air conditioning, from the central air conditioning unit. And thinking, what's, what's that? What's going on? That doesn't smell right. So we asked the maintenance people to come and have a look at it. They looked at it. They couldn't fix it. So the second day, I said, listen, let's get out of here. I'm not staying in here. And very quickly, all the posh stuff, all the, you know, all the, you know, mini fridge with the complimentary drinks, you know, the wonderful bed, everything just paled into insignificance. The beauty of the place, the physical beauty just vanished. Why? Because there was a stench coming up from, 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 the, from the vents and we had to have our room changed. You get where I'm going with this. We might have a lovely, beautiful, wonderful building, but if the stench is not pleasing, if it is not a nice aroma, an incense, offerable to God, then we need to um, review and look inwards and make changes. I'm going to refer to Romans 12, and I make no apologies for reading this again. This is the, 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 the Bible passage for the theme for which we're considering. But I'll read just the last three verses just to um, redeem the time. It says, let love. I love the way the New King James puts this, because sometimes they put some mini headers at, at the start of, 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 of a passage, uh, of a paragraph, and he puts this there. Behave like a Christian. I tell you something, if you don't take anything from what I've said today, Go to Romans chapter 12, specifically the New King James Version, and read verses 9 to 12. It says, behave like a Christian. That is the title. I can go away and sit down now and my job will be done. We need to behave like a Christian. I tell you, if we could all behave like the Christians that we profess, my goodness, my goodness, would we be attractive to the world? He says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Wow, wow, wow. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. And brotherly means also sisterly. You know, in honor, giving preference. Are you giving preference to your brother or to your sister? Or is it just about me, myself, and I? Do we look out for the interest? Do we look around and see people in the community who are undermined, people who are in the, in the church who have, been, who have been pushed aside? Do we look and we have compassion and say, this is not right. Let's draw them. Are you somebody who draws people close, who draws, who gathers? Or are you people who, are you somebody who divides? Who will go and whisper in the, in the air of somebody and say, see what they have done. And nobody cares to verify whether it is true or it is not true. But you take that and you hold it and you use it to cause division. And the poor man or poor woman doesn't know what has gone on. Hallelujah. There's so much to say. But I pray for the Holy Spirit to lead me to say what you, he, he wants to say to you this morning. Because there's just so much. You know, as I was preparing this, incidentally, you know, returning to church, you know, and returning to the true heart of worship is, you know, we cannot continue to do this remotely. 
Jesus did not go about doing a, a, a virtual ministry. No, no, no. The lady with the issue of, of blood did not virtually touch from her home the hem of his garment. Neither did, did, did um, uh, Peter and John virtually heal the lame man at, at the gate beautiful. No, Jesus' ministry was out there. He was amongst the people. I'm not saying that the, that the church depends on the building where you are. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the church is about people going into the community and having interaction. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of one another. We should not forsake our gathering. And we cannot gather if we're in various uh, 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 locations. Of course, we have cell churches. That is another avenue to gather. Are you attending your local cell church? Or is it just uh, something that uh, you just cannot have any of? It's not for you. Without people, there is no church. You know, I was speaking to a brother about this topic the other day, and he says, it's easy enough to differentiate the house from a home. How about the church as a home? It's a little bit more tricky because a house is a building. It's an, it's an edifice. It's somewhere where you have shelter. It's somewhere where, you know, you, know, you get, get out from the rain, somewhere where you can have all the tools and implements, you know, for your daily life, to have your bath, to have your shower, to sleep on a bed, you know, have, you know, food on your dining table. That's, that's your house, generally. Generally. Of course, that's not exhaustive. But the home is about the ambience. The home is about the love. The home is about the people who are in that house. The home is about how you feel inside, how you, you are edified, and, and, and how you are encouraged. More importantly, how you are growing in the Spirit of God. So a house, as I said, there are two scenarios for me. Some which look very attractive, as I said earlier on, but have an awful stench when you get inside. You just want to leave. ASAP. You know, the chairs, the sofa, oh, everything is made of gold, but I just want to leave this place. How about the other hand? It may not be more than a mud hut, a very modest place, but a blast and a, 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 of warm love hits you and greets you as you come in. Genuine, impartial, impartial, impartial. I say that again, love. Not just the people you know or the people you like. No, no, it's impartial. Love, love, love for everyone who call themselves the children of God. Sweet fellowship, you're never in a hurry to leave. It's a place where you cannot outstay your welcome because it is what? It is home. No, but you cannot stay, outstay your welcome in your home, can you? It's your home. <laughs> that is where you rest. You've been away for so long, you've been in nice places, you've been in not so nice places, but at the end of the day, home is home. It might be half bedroom, it might be one bedroom, it might be ten bedroom, okay? It might be, you know, a hut in the far remote places, you know, where only, you know, uh, camels can go, but it's a home. And even such places, you look at some of these documentaries of this, they have no, no, not, no electricity, they have no water, they have no, um, never mind car, I mean, they have, they've got nothing. But you see the joy in the faces of the parents, you see the little children running about with no clothes on. And they are happy in their home. Hallelujah. It's the people that make up the church. And it's the people 
that make the home a happy place or a very uncomfortable place? Which camp do you find yourself or are you going to find yourself going forward that makes the church uncomfortable for your brother or sister? You may have been here several years. And I ask you, are you enduring your stay in the church? Or are you enjoying your stay or your, your, your worship in the church? It's just an atmosphere you just can't wait to be in. And it's not because you are hugging the house. You're not hugging the pillar. You're not hugging the pulpit. No, it's the people that you're hugging because you just want to be around these people because they are God-fearing people. And they do what? In Romans 12, they are behaving like Christians. Romans 12, chapter, nine, uh, chapter 12, verse 9. They are behaving like Christians. Of course, we would like to be around them. Hallelujah. Making the church of God your home. What matters to me? You have put myself in the shoes of two sets of people. A visitor. So I visit your church. I don't know, maybe Kilburn, Quebecum, Brixton, uh, Hackbridge, Edgware, wherever your church is, Waltonstow, Ilford. I'm sorry if I haven't mentioned yours, but you know, you'll get what I'm saying. I go and visit. What makes me want to go back? Is it warm or is it cold? Is it orderly? Or is, are they all over the place? What makes the church a home. So there's another set of people who have been in the church for several years. As I said earlier on, are you here because you're just enduring or because your friend is here? Or are you here because you sincerely just love the people? Church people, interchangeable. I'll mention very quickly a few things um, that for me, as I said, we're outside looking in. It's very easy to be in your own bubble, your own spiritual bubble. Yeah? Day in, day out, week in, week out. This is us. This is how we are. Step out of that bubble and look inside the church. Look inside and say, ooh, this could be better. Maybe? Wow, they're doing this really well. Okay? It's not all about, you know, picking out blame. It's about acknowledge what is good. Acknowledge what could be better. So here are a few things that for me, Again, like I said, you know, Professor Google was largely unemployed in this. This is a heart-to-heart. -heart. You know, this is something that we just need to speak to ourselves about. This is not something technical or, 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 or theoretical. This is something that is real. So this is what came to my mind. Please forgive me if it's not exhaustive. I'm saying it's got to be clean. Okay, we're talking about making a home. Yeah, it's more about the people, about the environment, about what you say, what you do. But please, if you're worshipping in a pigsty or in a cesspit, sorry, you know, Never forsake, I will forsake that one. I will not be there with you, you know. I don't know about you, but, you know, it's got to be, it's, come on. It's got to be decent environment. It's got to be functional, okay? If the speaker is speaking and there's no microphone and, and, and there's somebody at the back of the hall, they can't hear. So what are they doing there if they can't hear what you're saying? I will not belabor the fact, but yes, it's got to be a clean, decent, functional environment. And praise God, we got that. So what else do we need as a church? Orderliness. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all meetings of God's holy people. Decorum. Decorum. 
Integrity, discipline, and accountability. This, this goes without saying. As I said, I'm not going to unpack any of these because of, of the time. I mean, these are all subjects uh, of, 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 of uh, preaching matters, uh, preaching subjects on, in, in their own rights. So I will not be unpacking. I'm just sort of mentioning them. And then we can go away and ask ourselves that question that I started with. What must I do? I didn't ask what must you do, what must my sister do. No, 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 no. It's all about me this time. At this time, you're allowed to think about me, myself, and I. What must I change? Do we have warm, friendly leaders? Do we have friendship within leader, within members? Do people trust you? Do they trust me? Are we disciplined? Are we accountable? Is there truth and transparency? Can I be corrected without taking offense? It's easy to, to issue or to, to, to say correct to, to correct people. But when people correct us, are we, are we defensive? Or do we wiggle our way out and find ourselves justified? Very, very important. Is love demonstrated? I would love a place where love is demonstrated. And I said earlier on, impartial love. Yeah? Impartial. And it's evident to see. If I don't see it, it ain't happening. We want people to see that love in action. Hallelujah. The message in Romans 10, 12, the message says, I'll read from the message. It says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Don't fake love. If there's something going on, sort it out. But don't fake love. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. And practice playing the second fiddle. Ooh, I ain't going to be second fiddle to nobody. Yeah, but the Bible says prefer others to yourself. Let us prefer one another. If there's two things, you go first. You know, my brother, you, my sister, you go first. Don't worry about me. You know, oh, let me do that for you. You know, you go and sit down. You have a rest. You know, prefer one another. If everybody was doing that, oh, Jesus, our life will be much more pleasant. But if there's just only a few people, then the burden becomes so great. Everybody must be accepted. Irrespective of color, race, creed, education, whatever. Accepted and respected. And above all, valued. There is no one that cannot contribute something. Okay? Professors in the university, as they're teaching, they learn sometimes from the answers the students are giving them. Thinking they sometimes don't admit it. They have gone on with the big, you know, jargon, and, and this young lady says, "Oh, but you know, da 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 da." Oh yeah, okay, that's fine. They have taken something that they're going to take away from it. A professor has learned from it from the student. We're never too old, too experienced to learn from one another. Liberty. Does liberty reign in our church, in your church? Or do you have to tiptoe around people and sort of weigh up what you say before you say so that somebody doesn't take offense? I prayed, let, may no one take offense for what we hear this morning in Jesus' name. This is tantamount to living in bondage. That will not be a home. It's not a church I'd like to be in if I'm in bondage. If I have to think, you know, I'm not, this is not a license to be careless in speaking because Proverbs tells us that, you know, the, 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 the tongue has, has, has the, the power of life and death. Please don't speak death into people's life. 
Some things you say lasts long. You said it, you've forgotten it, but they still remember. But let us not take offense at the smallest things. What can I do? Forgiveness, where forgiveness abounds, where peace, where joy, true joy, no pretense, where there's unity in the Holy Spirit. Romans, the same Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says, being many, but we're one body. Where there's good, nourishing spiritual food for growth. That is where I would like to belong. That is the church where I can call my home. Among people who find it more blessed to give than to receive. Where service is given in humility by all who serve. Where the Holy Spirit reigns and it's not grief. So where is your heart today? You say, oh, I love Jesus. That's all that matters. You know, let's not be over spiritual, please. It's a giving for every Christian to love Jesus. But do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you rejoice when you see them succeed? Or you, yeah, it hurts you when other people succeed. Pray about it. Do something about it. Do we make people around us feel comfortable? When God is resident in your heart, the church becomes a home. God must be resident. What must I do? How can I play my part? Ask your neighbor, somebody sitting next to you, what must I do? What could I do differently? What could I stop doing? What could I start doing? As leaders, as a congregation, how far are we willing to go? Again, Romans 12 says, present yourself a living sacrifice. We have to be sacrificial. Amen. The time is far spent. I'm going to start drawing this to a close. And um, a sister said to me a couple of weeks ago, when life throws lemons at you, I was going to reply, you make lemonade. No, no, no. I didn't realize it was going somewhere else. When life throws lemons at you, don't make the lives of the other people sour. Go and sort your lemons out. Because I've got lemons in my life doesn't mean I should inflict it on my brother or my sister. Let us be very, very conscious of this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I will conclude. Let us reason together. When I started, I said, come, let us reason together. And, I, and I'm hoping that I have not preached at you. I'm hoping that, we, that I have um, uh, rather uh, uh, preached to us jointly so that we can be moved, so that we can pick up something that we can change. We have erred and strayed from the ways of, of, of the Lord like lost sheep sometimes, and we follow the devices and desires of our own hearts. Self-centered, self-seeking, not caring about others. We have sought our comfort and convenience in place of humility and service sometimes, and shied away from the truth in order to avoid difficult conversation. Sometimes we've swept the dirt under the carpet so that the house or the home will look clean. It's time to bring it out, deal with it, throw it outside in the garbage and have a clean home. Brothers and sisters, this is the life that the Lord has called us to. With resolve and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can make change. We can make things happen. If I've stepped on somebody's toes, it's up to me to make amends. If they've stepped on my toes, it's up to me to make amends. Remember what, what I've just said, it's up to you to make amends. Pick up the phone. Arrange a call. Speak with them. I'll remember all my leaders in prayer. I'll remember my congregation in prayer. What must I do? 
I will leave us with this passage as I close. Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. It says, When the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit at the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another. And as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats he will set on his left. And the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, where did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger, take you in, or naked and clothe you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of these, or the least of these actually, not just these, yeah? impartiality, of the least of these, you have also done it to me. And this is a sobering bit. We cannot avoid this when we read this passage. It says, Then we'll also say, to those on the left hand, depart from me. You cursed into the everlasting fire. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. My prayer is that we will not be found on God's left hand when that day comes. This is what it is all about ultimately. Behave like a Christian. What must I do? Pray about it by all means. But just do it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. As I said at the start, if you don't remember anything, behave like a Christian. What must I do to behave or to have the attributes and the character of a Christian which will make those in the church and those around me comfortable so that the church is now a home to everyone, not just this generation, generations unborn. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word. We are the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Find us at Tyus Terrace, Kennington, London, SE11 5LY. Our telephone number is 0207-820-9917. On the web, we are at www.apostolic anc.org All Nation Center, reaching out to you in practical and caring ways.